I have come to find out in the last couple of years that I have a lot of friends who are in the field of financial planning. Um, whether they went to school for business or something, they ended up in, this, in the, the category of financial planning um, for all different companies. Um, and as part of their job, they call you. Right? They go through their contact list of friends and family members, and they, they say, hey, you know, I am working with such and such company, and um, I'm trying to like, get a customer basis. Um, and so I was wondering if you and your wife would be interested um, in maybe having a 30-minute conversation about um, your financial goals. Has anyone gotten a phone call like this? No? A few people. Um, and so what, what ends up happening is me being a great husband, I say, well, I need to talk to my wife first, um, and then I can let you know. Um, and so I'll go, and I'll have um, the conversation with Ray, and, and usually the conversation goes like this. Hey, so-and-so from my soccer team called me, or hey, so-and-so from um, high school called me, or hey, so-and-so from somewhere called me, um, and they want to have a 30-minute conversation about financial planning our future. And um, she usually goes, well, do you want to do that? And I say, not really. I don't really want to have a conversation for 30 minutes about our financial goals for the future. Um, and so the person will call back, whoever, whomever it may be, um, and I will tell them that we're not interested at this time. You know, Ray was just finishing school, and I'll come up with some random excuse as to why we can't have the 30-minute conversation about Ray and I's financial future, where we want to invest in all that. Um, a year or so ago, one of these um, lovely financial planners decided that that answer meant to call back in a couple months. Um, and so he called. And I was busy at the time, so I couldn't answer. I called him back, and we continued to, you know, he continued to call me. And it was like a constant, like, every day at 3 o'clock, he would call me. Um, and he would just keep calling, and he would keep calling, and he would keep calling, and, and I would call him back, and I would always get the voicemail. Um, and so he would just continue to call and call, um, and it continued for a month or so before he finally gave up. But I kept telling Ray, man, this guy is super persistent. He just kept calling and kept calling. Um, and today we're going to look at a story of a lady um, who's not a financial planner, but who is very persistent. Um, we're going to look at a story that Jesus told. You know, Jesus often told stories. Um, we call them parables because that's a term that's a story with a meaning. Um, and so we're going to look at a story that Jesus tells um, in Luke chapter 18. Um, and Jesus tells us um, this story today for a number of reasons, um, but hopefully through this story um, of persistence, we can learn a little bit more about what our spiritual life should look like um, and a little bit more about what God is like. Um, but before we dive in, if you want to flip to Luke 18, um, I'm gonna, we're going to pray and then we will um, jump into that. God, we thank you for today. Again, um, we've lifted up prayers, we've lifted up songs, we've given our tithes and offerings. And God, this morning I pray that as we open up your word, um, you allow us to, to meet with you. God, allow us to see you more clearly, allow us to understand you uh, more fully. God, allow us to be changed and transformed from the inside out. Jesus, we love you and it's in your name we pray. 
Amen. So Luke chapter 18, um, starting in verse 1, going through verse 8, says this. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find that faith on earth? At first, reading this story, um, it's a little confusing. It seems like Jesus is telling us about a naggy woman who goes to this judge that only cares about himself. She goes and she continues to pester this judge. Um, And first we figure out that this judge really only cares about himself because he says the statement, I don't fear God or care what people think. It's pretty unlike most people because most of us in here would probably care what people thought of us a little bit. Um, And hopefully in here we have a reverent fear of God. Uh, But we can see that this judge really in this story has no concern for anybody but himself. Because he says, I don't fear God, and I don't care what people think. And then we learn that there's a widow in this story, and we don't see much of who she is or why she's been wronged, but, we, but Jesus says that she's been wronged in some way, and so she can, continues to plea with this judge to bring her justice. Um, some commentators speculate that it might have been over um, some money that she was owed. Um, when her husband passed or or something along those lines. But Jesus doesn't really focus on what the plea is, and so neither will we. Um, In this story, we see that the judge is refusing this plea, right? She continues to come, and it says that there is a time period that the judge doesn't answer her plea. Um, And then finally, he decides, okay, like, I've had enough. Like this, this lady is bothering me so much that um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, you know, go along with whatever her plea is, um, and I'm just gonna answer and bring justice, and, and then she'll just kind of be off my back. Um, one translation says, "I'll just get her off my back by answering her claims for justice and rule in her favor. Then she will leave me alone." Um, Another says that he goes, I'd better do something to see that she gets justice. Otherwise, I'm going to end up being black and blue by her pounding. So we see that he only rules in her favor, one, because she was annoying, and two, because he was worried that this lady was going to come and beat him up. But all in all, it happens. He rules in her favor, and then Jesus finishes the parable in a way that only Jesus can do by asking questions that make you wonder, am I actually reading that correctly? I don't really understand that question, Um, but he asks us some questions, and so today um, 
There's really three things, as a, all good sermons should have, three points. There's three things that I want us to really focus on from this passage today. And it's interesting. When you start to read a passage and you, you open your Bible and, and you start to think about it, it's funny how sometimes it just cuts you to the heart, doesn't it? It's, it's funny how when you dissect God's Word that you can kind of just feel like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to listen to this. Like, I'm not just reading it today to read it. Like, I'm reading this because God is trying to tell me something. And so as I, as I studied it this week, um, I'm just going to be honest, it, it has kind of made me afraid to come up here and preach this morning because I'm not very good at what I'm about to tell you. Um, but the first thing that um, I think that we can learn from this story is that our prayer should be persistent, not inconsistent. Our prayer should be persistent, not inconsistent. Before Luke dives into the story, um, there, there's a phrase right at the beginning. He says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Um, it sort of resembles a story back in Luke 11 um, where Jesus was also, also teaching his disciples to pray. Um, but we see that this theme of prayer throughout the Bible continues to, to be a theme, right? When Jesus becomes, comes in the picture, this, this mode of prayer, he teaches his disciples to pray often. He escapes to go alone by himself often and to pray. And so it says that he taught this to his disciples that they would pray always. Um, we hear the theme of praying continually again in Paul's writings in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18. It says, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And if you think about praying continually or praying always, it seems like a daunting task. I mean, how many of you are praying right now? So technically, you're not continuously praying. You're not always praying. How many of you, um, like, are always, when you're going, driving to work, and, you know, you're late, or maybe you're going to an appointment, or maybe you're going to get food, like, you're praying all the way there? So again, we, we failed at this praying, continually praying always. But luckily for us, that's not actually the type of always praying that we're taught to do. See, this praying continually is praying in all circumstances. It's easy for us to pray when things are hard. It's easy for us to look to God for help when we're struggling, when a family member is sick, when we feel like all odds are against us. It's easy to look to somewhere, to look to God for help. Because it's at that point when we realize that we can't do it on our own, and so we look to God because we know that God can. But when things are going good, when it's sunny and 75 degrees outside, it's not as easy to pray to God. It's not as easy to look to God for help because you don't really need help that day. You know, everything's good. You had enough coffee in the morning. You got to work and there was no traffic. Um, you didn't really have to pay any bills that day because you had already done it later in the month or earlier in the month and everything is going fine. But this praying always is that we need to be praying in all circumstances. Um, one commentator says that we should be consistent in prayer in the good times as well as the bad. Our priorities 
Good habits of prayer should show dedication to God and strength in our relationship with Him. Our persistence in prayer shows our dedication and our faith in God. We live in a, a world where we can get almost anything instantly. Um, if you guys are like me, Amazon is one of the best things that could ever happen because you only have to wait two days to get whatever you want. I mean, you can order it today and it'll be here at your doorstep on Tuesday. How cool is that? You don't have to, like, you can order something from, like, California and it'll be here in two days, right? That's pretty sweet. Or, like, we can, we can get any information we want by pulling out our phone and Googling it. We can do whatever we want almost instantly. And so patience has become something that we tend to not have a lot of. Pointing fingers. <laughs> and we see in this story that this widow had to have some persistence, but she also had to have some patience. She was persistent in her plea because she kept going to the judge, but she was also patient because she, she waited. She continued to do it, but she had to wait. It wasn't in her timing. It wasn't on her schedule. It wasn't written in her Google calendar or her, her planner. She continued to plea to the judge, and then she had to wait. We forget that God does not work on our timing. Just because our prayer is not answered right away doesn't mean that God is not listening. In fact, he might even be testing your devotion and your trust in him. So our prayer should be persistent, not inconsistent. Um, the second point that we see in this story um, is that God can do so much more. And now you're thinking, wait, are we comparing God to the judge in the story? Because that's what it kind of seems like. If you read it just at face value, we see that Jesus is telling this story and there's a judge and there's a widow. And obviously Jesus isn't the widow in the story. And so he must be comparing God to this judge. And he is a little bit. Um, but it's kind of a, it's, it's a contrast, right? We see that the widow goes to this judge who doesn't care about anything. And he's using this picture of this judge who doesn't really care about God, who doesn't really care about other people, to show that if this judge, who has no care for anything but himself, can answer the plea of this widow, how much more do you think God can answer that plea? How much more willing is God to listen to that? How much more caring is God to answer that? How much more is God willing to seek after the justice that she deserved? He's not saying it's a, like this, this is what God is like, a judge that kind of just waits until we you know, wear out our prayer line. No, it, he's saying that we don't have to do that, right? Sometimes our prayers aren't answered on our timing that we want. They're answered on God's timing because he works outside of our time. But we see that there's this contrast. Um, and, and a commentator said, Jesus is trying to get us to realize God's never-ending love and faithfulness to his children. We are to see all that God is, the judge is not. God is always willing to hear us and to answer our prayers, if according to his will. He will always hear the cries of his people. Indeed, God will avenge or vindicate his people. 
He's showing us all that God is. This judge is not. Does that make sense? So God can do so much more. God can do far more than this judge could. Even if this judge who is only about himself can answer that plea, God can do so much more. And then he finishes um, the parable with the, the point, the question, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The question is, is do we have this type of persistent faith? He asked the question because um, he, wants us to, he wants to know if God, when Jesus returns, will there be people who are persistent in prayer? Will there be people that have faith and trust in him at all times, that are praying continually, not just when things are bad, but when things are good? I, I'm one of those people, if you, haven't, if you haven't realized in the last few years, I have an addictive personality, okay? I get hooked on things that like only last for a little bit of time, not like drugs and alcohol. That, that, sorry, I probably should have clarified that at the beginning of that statement. But I have an addictive personality, right? I uh, get hooked on things like video games. I'll buy a certain video game and I'll play it constantly for like three months on end. And then like after that three months is over, I'm like, all right, on to the next, right? Um, and it, it, it's gotten bad to the point where like, I like to, I want to buy certain things. Like, it's not just playing video games. It's not just playing disc golf. It's like, I get to the point where I want to buy something. And so, like, a few months ago, I told Ray, like, I wanted to get a camera. Like, a really nice camera. I, I had a friend that was doing, like, videography and photography. And I was like, I'm, I'm, like, all about this now. You know, like, he showed me his camera. And so, I was like, I'm going to go get a camera. You know, I did all the research, I looked it all up, and the, I went to Ray and I was like, hey, here's what I think I want, um, can I buy it? And she, usually, you know, like the response is, well, if that's how you want to spend your money, um, or she'll respond with, why don't you wait a week and then see if you still want it then? And so a week went by, and obviously I don't have a camera still. Um, I'll bring up other things like that. I want to buy something, and Ray will say, why don't you just wait a week? Or why don't you just wait a month? And then, or wait till Christmas is an oft, one that I get often. But it shows that if I really want something, it'll continue to be on my mind. If it's just something that's there and gone in a month or gone in a week or gone in a day, did I really ever want it? Or was it just the cool thing in that moment? And so God, Jesus is asking, will he find this type of faith on earth where people are devoted and praying always? Not just in the moments that they need him the most, not just in the times that it's the easiest to pray and ask for God's help. Will he find the faith where people are persistent in praying and seeking after him, who are putting their trust and devotion in him? Because he wants people that are praying consistently, persistently, and not inconsistently. And that's where, that's where I've, I, 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 I told you I've fallen short. It's really easy for me to pray um, when I think about it. It's easy for me to pray when I'm getting ready for a sermon. It's easy for me to pray when we're getting ready for Wednesday nights. It's easy for me to pray when people say that they have sick family members. But it's not, a, it's not a continual thing. It's not an always thing because I get distracted. 
I get busy, I get tired, I get like focused on other things, and, and it's hard to pray continually. And so I've been really challenged this week to try to do that more. And I'll be honest, I'm not perfect, and, and I'm sure that as you guys start to try to do it, um, it'll be hard. It takes effort. It takes persistence. I just have a few questions um, as the band comes up and as we get ready to close. Um, but the first question is, is how is your prayer life? Because before you can be persistent in prayer, you actually have to pray. And so I just want you to evaluate. You don't have to do it right now because, you know, I don't, I don't know what kind of scales you like to use to evaluate yourself. If you want to do a 1 to 10 or if you want to do a 2 to 17, whatever kind of scale. How is your prayer life? And in that, like, what are you praying for? Are you only praying for things that, like, help you? Are you praying for things that further where you're at in life or further, like, your status? Like, what does your prayer life look like? Is it focused on seeking out God's will and God's kingdom? Or is it more focused on yourself? So evaluate your prayer life. Um, and, and as part of that, again, like, do you only pray when you need something or or in times of crisis? Are you praying when things are going well? Are you praying when life seems to kind of be going smoothly? Or are you only praying when you need help or someone else in our congregation needs help? And then last, how can you be more persistent in prayer? Um, I wish I had a great practical example because I think leaving it as a question um, makes it easy for us to walk out of here without actually taking any steps. Um, and so, I don't know if you're technology friendly, you can set a reminder on your phone to tell you to pray. Did you guys know that? I have a thing that's been popping up on my phone daily that says, read your Bible, and it's at 10 a.m. every day. No matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm doing, my phone will tell me to read my Bible and I try to listen to it. You know, it's easy to, to see that notification and pass it up. Maybe you're like a little more, you know, old school. You like sticky notes. Um, as you're trying to be more persistent in prayer, maybe you need to put a sticky note on your bathroom mirror. And yeah, the bathroom's a weird place to pray, but God will hear you there just as well as he hears you here. So what can you do to be more persistent in prayer? Because God's want, God wants people that are persistent and not inconsistent. And so as uh, they sing and, and we reflect, um, feel free to stand, feel free to sit. Um, but just hopefully you can evaluate where your prayer life is at today.